0: Welcome home, I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist, and this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode. And today we're going to talk about liberation psychology. As you come home to yourself, the desire is for you to be free holistically, to be free emotionally, physically, psychologically, financially, politically, spiritually, in every area of your life. I invite you in this moment to consider the ways in which you have felt bound, restricted, marginalized, minoritized, oppressed. I invite you to consider the ways in which oppression in its various forms have affected you globally and affected your mental health. The reality is the challenges you face are not just a matter of your cognitive distortions or your negative thinking, It is not just a matter that is within you, but you have been affected by systems and institutions outside of you. And those can show up structurally, it can show up in relationship to other people, and those ideas can even be internalized where you start to believe them for yourself. And so as we consider this liberation journey, I invite you to take breath, inhaling in through the nose and exhaling out through the mouth. I invite you to consider the ways oppression has shown up in your life from adulthood to childhood. I invite you to consider the ways that oppression and marginalization have created fear and anxiety and despair and anger and outrage and grief. As we consider the impact of those institutions and people who have stereotyped, stigmatized, attempted to dehumanize, and restrict your access to resources and to a healthy life, it is important that we recognize seeing those realities can help you to become whole and healed. I invite you to consider the fullness of your humanity, your worthiness. I invite you to be free enough to see the truth of who you are, that you are more than enough, and that you always have been. I invite you to embrace every aspect of your identity, every aspect of your selfhood. Even as you are a work in progress, we know that perfection is not required to honor your humanity, that perfection is not required to know your true worthiness, that you are a sacred being. And so I want to tell you about liberation psychology, which was founded in the 1980s by Ignacio Martin Barro, who was working in the time in El Salvador. Not only is he, or was he a psychologist, but he was also a Jesuit priest. And so a part of liberation is to embrace holistic wellness which does not divorce your psychology from your spirituality. As you get free, I invite you to reclaim your faith Reclaim your spirituality, reclaim your religion, reclaim your beliefs. And if it is not a reclamation of the old, it may be the embracing of the new. In this season of your life, what do you know as it relates to your soul health? Not just your soul wounds, but your soul wellness You're thriving. You're flourishing. What are the aspects of your own spirituality that you want to acknowledge, embrace, integrate, activate, and affirm in this season of your life? If your spirituality is disconnected or numb, you are not fully free. What are you free enough to know, to believe, to perceive, to practice? What does a free you look like when it encompasses your spirituality? Another aspect of liberation psychology is consciousness raising. So consciousness raising means you have the ability to see oppression, marginalization, discrimination when they show up, that you are not oblivious to the harms. You are not oblivious to the realities of every form of oppression that intersects with your life and your identities. So to have the literacy to be able to read the room, to read the environment, to read what is being said or done about you and toward you. It is an aspect of our freedom to know what we are seeing. And so to not doubt yourself, discount yourself, erase yourself, to make the decision that I will not live in denial But I will be free enough to name and know what I see. So the realities of racism and sexism, classism, ableism, religious intolerance, heterosexism, all of the various forms, classism, that show up and can try to convince you that you are unworthy, or that you belong in the margins, or that you are not enough? Can you see them when they show up, when it shows up in the media, in the classroom, in dating sites, in religious spaces? Can you see and recognize oppression when it appears? That will free you from assuming that you have to carry some weight and baggage that does not belong to you. When I'm clear that someone is underestimating me because of their false beliefs regarding any aspect of my identity, then I free myself from having to over explain or over justify or to convince someone of my humanity, of my wisdom, of my beauty, of my worthiness. I get free because I recognize that their opinions and misperceptions and illusions are not the truth of me. I hope on today as you come home to yourself that you can gain the clarity of being able to discern other people's misperceptions from the truth of who you are. I hope you will be free enough to not see yourself through the eyes of those who do not value, honor, respect, or even see you. There is a Zulu greeting which says, "sawubona," and that means I see you. I wonder if on today, you can see yourself, not through the eyes of perpetrators or offenders, not through the eyes of those who abandoned or neglected you, not through the eyes of those who stereotyped and stigmatized you, but do you see you? Do you allow yourself the freedom to define yourself? to recognize the necessity of self-determination and to know that my worthiness is not defined or determined by those who desire to erase me, to dismiss me, to discard me, that I become very clear they do not have the final say on my life, or my identity, on my values, on my contributions, on the essence of my sacred self. So we want to get free and be able to identify oppression and marginalization. We want to get free where we can embrace ourselves holistically, including our spirituality. And we invite you also to get free by integrating your creativity and your expressive arts. A cultural resource that we have access to is our imagination and our creativity. Liberation means that I do not merely center those who want me to stay bound, but because I am centering liberation, then I am activating my creativity and my imagination as I consider the life that I am co-creating, that I am not merely a victim or a target, but I have agency, that I have voice, that I have empowerment, and I can express myself for myself. I invite you to consider how you will express yourself and your visions for your future and your possibility and your life in your music, in your dance, in your poetry, in your painting. I invite you to make a commitment, a covenant with yourself, that you will not merely be in reaction mode, responding to those who seek to harm you, but that you will be intentional about making your mark and telling your story, which gets us to another practice of liberation psychology, which is testimonials or our testimony, our narrative. Too many times we are in the margins of our own stories. We center other people and simply wait to see what they're going to say or they're going to do. How long have you been waiting for people at your job to act differently, waiting for people in your family to act differently, waiting for a romantic person to act differently? In liberation, I am aware of what other people are choosing to do or not do as it regards to me, choosing to say or not say about me, but that is not my center. And so from a place of liberation, I invite you to take hold of the pen, the pen of your own story, to decide how are you shaping your journey? How are you taking a hold of your health and wellness and wholeness? How are you creating the life that you are worthy of that will honor you? And so with each page and each day, you write a story of your own worthiness by the choices you make, by the words that you speak even about yourself, by not only the fleeting thoughts we have, but the thoughts that I spend most of my attention on, what do I center in this free life that I am creating? Nina Simone said, to be free is to live without fear. And I invite you on today, even as we recognize the realities of oppression, the realities of discrimination, to just consider if I was not a hostage to my fears, what would I want to say? What would I want to do with this sacred life I have, with this day that I have, with this breath that I have? And so there is a part of you that desires to be free, and there is a part of you that has experienced liberation. And I invite you in this moment to reflect on when were the times that I felt free? What was I doing? Who was I with? How was I behaving in those moments when I glimpsed my own freedom? And for some of you, it may be a moment that happened earlier this year For some of you, you may have to think back for many years. And for some of you, it may be hard to remember a time, a memory in which you felt free. And for those who have difficulty thinking of a liberated memory, I invite you to tap into your liberated imagination and to consider for me what would freedom look like? What would it sound like? What would my voice sound like when I'm free? What would my heart rate be like when I'm free? What would my sleep and my appetite be like when I'm free? What would my days look, look like? And what would my nights look like? And how would I dress and do my hair? And what scent would I smell like when I was free? And so whether it is a marriage between your sacred liberated memories and your sacred liberated imagination to begin the visualization process of your free self, of your liberation, of your ultimate homecoming that happens again and again, day by day and with each moment, And as we consider our liberation, we know that it is not only a matter of visualization and emotion, but it is also a matter of action. And so a part of liberation psychology involves problem-solving coping or advocacy, activism, resistance, addressing the oppression that you face. So while we want to soothe ourselves and love ourselves, define ourselves and calm ourselves, we also want to tap in to our empowerment. And so as you consider the discrimination or stereotyping, the oppression, the marginalization that you have experienced in the past and that you do experience in the present, I invite you to consider what you are liberated enough to do. What can you do about the ways in which people and systems and institutions are trying to keep you bound? So this may mean finding your voice. This may mean filing a complaint. This may mean taking action by addressing it directly. This may mean finding support so you don't have to address it by yourself. But let us be proactive as we consider the ways we disrupt and dismantle oppression in our lives and in the lives of others. That we tap into the truth which is we are not powerless, the truth, that we are not hopeless or helpless, but there are some things that we can do with others to resist the realities of oppression. And that may mean action as it relates to people and institutions, but the part, another part of that resistance will be internally, that even as people attempt to dehumanize me, that I honor my humanity, I honor my rest, I honor my grief, I honor my joy, I honor my outrage, that I allow myself the freedom to live outside of the box that people try to put those of my identity in that when I see myself, I see the fullness of my worthiness in direct opposition to those who want to define me and those who want to restrict me. And so I hope on today, as you consider your own empowerment, that you can come up with some constructive actions that you can take that honor the truth of who you are. So from a liberated standpoint, we operate holistically, including our spirituality and our mental health. We recognize oppression and its various forms. We use our artistry to express ourselves and we actively imagine our own liberation and work toward that liberation by taking direct action. Another aspect of liberation psychology is recognizing the experience, experiences of our ancestors. Those who came before you, they have both wounds and wisdom. Have you considered lately? Have you reflected on the wounds and wisdom of the people who came before you? Have you looked at that history and thought about how that history has shaped the way in which you live, the way you approach work, the way you approach love, the way you approach relationships, the way you approach your own care? And so become more aware more conscious of the connections between your mental health and the people who came before you. Once you can see that, you can have the liberation of awareness and recognition while also holding on to the truth that I am not stuck. So I may behave in particular ways because of the ways in which the people before me were wounded. And at the same time, I get to make some new choices in my lifetime that I can create a new legacy for my family about how we handle emotions, how we handle other people, how we handle ourselves. And so we want to understand ourselves given our historical lines and we want to give ourselves permission in the present to create a new future. That's liberation. And I want to invite you in this moment, as you take a cleansing breath, to say to yourself, I am worthy of liberation. I am worthy of freedom. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.